It was from that four-poster that Fred delivered his most memorable, fraudulent report in his essay, Bedfellows. I just saw an eagle go by, he would say. It was carrying a baby. My grandfather took care to explain, this was not precisely a lie. Fred was like a child in many ways. I suspect these various dogs, in all their eccentricities, were part of what allowed my grandfather to observe and express his own childlike wonder at the natural world around him, whether in the city, dog around the block, sniff, or the country. I knew that as soon as the puppy reached home and got his sea legs, he would switch to the supplement du jour, a flake of well-rotted cow manure from my boot, a dead crocus bulb from the lawn, a shingle from the kindling box, a bloody feather from the execution block behind the barn. I even introduced him to the tonic smell of coon. White also puzzled over dogs farther afield. The Russians, we understand, are planning to send a dog into outer space. The reason is plain enough. The little moon is incomplete without a dog to bay at it. When I visited Tilbury House Publishers in Gardner, Maine, to discuss this book project, it quickly became apparent that we had made a happy match. Tilbury House had taken in one man's meat some years ago, so they were already peddling dog training and a Boston Terrier and other essays with good results. Their publisher, Jennifer Bunting, had worked as my grandfather's Sunday help for a couple of years, so she had gotten to know two of his dogs, and her offices in Gardner were a welcome place for canines as well. My own young golden retriever had come along for the ride. It was not until Jennifer took me around Tilbury House to introduce me to the rest of the team, however, which, as it turned out, included a feisty young parrot-in-residence named Zimmy, lording it over a high filing cabinet, that the deal was sealed. As soon as I heard that parrot's story, I thought, just wait until Fred gets wind of this. My grandfather had kept a bird when he lived in an apartment in New York City, but it was a smaller breed, a parakeet named Baby. Baby got into the New Yorker a couple of times, as he had opinions that required expression, but he was not a live wire like Fred or Zimmy. On the other hand, Fred and that parrot have a lot in common. Like Zimmy with his four-drawer files, Fred also had a dossier on almost every living creature. The Tilbury House files were topped with a thick towel to protect the contents therein from Zimmy's overzealous deposits, often spurred by just such an impromptu visit as my own. Fred would have been unlocking the secret smells in that file cabinet in an instant, sneering all the while. I just saw a parrot, Fred might have reported. He thinks he's an eagle. I was warned not to extend a hand in greeting, lest the bird take it amiss. Simmy's owner shared her office with another woman, who told me it had taken her six months to receive so much as a kind glance from the bird, at which point he climbed into her lap as if they were old mates, while she sat frozen with uncertainty about his intentions. Her own chronic perplexity may have commenced that day, and I suspect she is still trying to take hold of it. Fred, too, saw in every bird, every squirrel, every housefly, every rat, every skunk, every porcupine, a security risk and a present danger to the Republic. Zimmy would have been no exception. I could almost hear Fred's outcry. That bird talks? Don't expect me to listen. Fred, like Zimmy, was a zealot and an unbeliever. Zimmy's owner had confided that her parrot could be a nuisance and often acted like a two-year-old. That, too, sounded familiar. He's a picky eater, she explained. I have to cook special meals for him. Fred was muttering in my ear, See, we are nothing alike.
Fred was not a finicky eater, just the opposite. He would eat anything, the more bitter and repulsive, the better. He liked to eat broken eggs off the cellar floor, facing trouble head-on and taking full advantage, curling his lips back even as he swallowed the raw yolks. He would sample the sudsy water from a pig's anima bag, given enough scope on his tether. Fred had to be kept on a rope because he kept trying to subdue porcupines. Both Fred and Zimmy shared the ability to blow things up to proportions that satisfied their imagination and love of adventure. My grandfather had once described Fred as the Cecil B. DeMille of dogs, ever flamboyant and dramatic. Zimmy, too, seemed to exhibit a vital spark born of the same fiery explosion as Fred. The Tilbury House parrot was not kept on a rope, but he was relegated to his cage for periods of time and while in transit. Neither Fred nor Zimmy were fond of car rides. His owner confessed, however, that if Zimmy felt he had been caged for too long, he would throw a tantrum.